Welcome to Board Game Binge, the place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content from across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Ulysses Duckler, a game developer who's working with a team of amazing artists and an entomologist to create Cutacorium, a new RPG game on Kickstarter about insects navigating a massive world and what it means to know yourself. His campaign already funded at 175% of its goal with an end date of January 10th. Today, we're going to call him Duck. Duck, how are you doing? Welcome to the binge. Great. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing great. First, let me just say congrats uh, on on what you've achieved here. I know it's your first campaign. Uh, you had a goal of, I'm going to put this in Canadian dollars because it always sounds sure. larger, uh, $3,500. <laughs> You're over six grand already, 178 backers. You have 10 days still to go. Uh, so you've 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 crushed your goal and uh, you're well on your way to, uh, to doing some nice big numbers. So I want to just say congrats on that first. And Thank you. Like I'm, I'm still reloading the page every second just to see if we can break that 5k mark. So then I can throw Mel uh, back in the basement to keep working on the backside of the map because they just finished the front side and it looks beautiful. Oh, there you go. Well, you know what? It's a, uh, and for those listening and, uh, you know, one of the first things you do on your, uh, when you launch a campaign is just keep hitting that refresh button and you don't stop for literally the 30 days you go. So that's true. I can certainly appreciate that. Um, so doc, can you take me through a little bit of your history? So what you're like a medical student, right? Yes. I'm a medical student. I'm currently in the deep South right now. Uh, looking far in the future for myself, at least I want to do rural practice, family medicine, Oh, nice. Um, but I'm also just starting. Uh, and, you know, things are very difficult for med students right now, too. Um, yeah. Because of the current situation, it's tough. Well, it's very crazy. Tough. It's crazy times. And ultimately, a lot of respect for anybody in the medical field, uh, for sure, especially in uh, the environment that we're in right now. Um, how did you get into gaming? Like, were you, have you been doing this your whole life? Or what, what was kind of the uh, the inflection Pretty point much. for you when you got into gaming? I, I started with D&D 3.5. Okay. Um, D&D 3.5 is still my favorite edition. I make a note to collect the books and uh, figures from that certain edition. Um, I have a fairly decent collection of that. Uh, so I started with that, um, you know, when I was just a kid. Um, I had the the older ones too, but 3.5 is where um, it began for me. And then I came back for fifth edition because that I was like, whoa, this is actually really simple. Advantage and disadvantage, that's pretty neat. Um, so I got back in with that. And then I really got into um, indie TRPGs uh, by trying games that are more one-shot focused. So games where you can play in one session and you don't have to have a long campaign. You can just uh, play them in just a few hours uh, sure. with some friends. And the first one I really got into for indie TRPG was uh, the Grin system by Arcana Games. And they're very nice people over there um, who helped me run some games of that. So describe um, the grin system for those listeners. I mean, I know grin system is actually incredibly simple <laughs> because uh, it's just a deck of cards yep. and every action you take, you draw a certain number of cards and there's a, the Joker somewhere in the deck. So if you draw the Joker, your character dies. Okay. Then the Joker, then the deck gets smaller and the Joker gets shuffled back in. So it mimics the way a horror story goes where it's a while for the first person to die, but then the second person is going to die much quicker. And the third person after that, and so just like in a, in a, you know, a horror movie where once the monster is revealed, then people are dropping like flies. <laughs> so for that, I think it's the best type of one shot for mimicking a horror story. Very fun. Oh, that's cool. 
And then, so then how did that start bridging into the idea of maybe creating your own uh, RPG Because I, I always thought, oh, it's just dice. You know, you'd only use a D20, nothing else. Yeah. Um, or, you know, the other types of dice. But then Grin uses a card system. There's no dice involved, but you still have chance and you still have what's essentially rolls. Mm-hmm. So it really made me, it really opened my eyes to what's possible with TRPGs and especially indie stuff too. Um, and then I found out about like the powered by the apocalypse system and, you know, the stuff that monster arts uses and things like sleep away. And those were really, it made me appreciate how much more it delves into the emotional aspect of um, the players and storyteller um, who sort of runs the game uh, creating the story together um, and those games having stuff like safety rules, which, yeah. and these are things that D and D, you know, might have, but doesn't explicitly put on the paper. Um, so so dig into that a little bit for me. So explain that. So we, we, we've got listeners who are listening, who are thinking, yeah, okay, sure. I understand what D and D is. I understand kind of what yeah. tabletop role-playing game is where you're, you know, you're, you have a game master who's going to, you know, guide uh, people through the game through different scenarios and so forth. Maybe you're attacking monsters or whatever the situation is. Um, but this is kind of the first I've heard kind of the, this angle of it. So can you dig, dig a little bit into that for me? I just like the perspective of starting from D&D 5e. A lot of people have the concept of, oh yeah, we're working with the DM to make a, you know, to make a campaign together or make a story together. But I just think that other indie TRPGs have done, uh, I, I don't necessarily want to say a better job, but maybe a different job or a more focused job on making that journey, that sort of um, merging of what the, the storyteller and the players want to accomplish um, making that a bit more defined and ab- able to add more emotional um, emotional capacity into the game too, where it's not just uh, about um, you know slaying the next goblins to level up, but um, those actions mean something and there would be uh, heavier consequences to that. And that's what I want to have Cutecorian be. So consequences for your actions. So what are some of the consequences, for instance, that uh, you would want to build in? Well, one thing I think is really interesting about this game is that, uh, so we have a system that uses moves. So generally in those types of games, when you use a move, you'll do an action and then roll a dice and that determines some indicator of success. And so we also have string moves. So if you do, if you roll a failure, a low roll or, or one in this case, usually that's a very, that'd be a very bad outcome for you, like a critical fail in D&D. But you can prevent that if you just um, uh, layer over it sort of by using another move immediately. Mm. So um, let me see. One of the examples of the string moves is like, so you can make the deceive move to try and lie to another bug. And if you critically fail on that, there is a penalty, but you can avoid the penalty if you immediately then make an offer at them and try and give them something to, in exchange for being a liar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the string and the string goes all the way around. Well, yeah. it does have, but um, so you can keep chaining your mistakes together. Um, eventually, you'll have a very large penalty if you fail all of them. So kind of uh, like a doubling up system. And by this string, how do you track? How do you track that? Um, tracking it like on, like on your player board. So you said you have these different actions that are kind of chained together and they, they kind of one links to the other. Is it, 
just moving from action to action or are you somehow tracking those consequences and then how they play into the next consequence? You can track the consequences because of the webs. And so webs are sort of the main system of Qtacorium where you can have mm -hmm. webs on other bugs, other players. You can have webs on the locations around the Qtacorium, which is like the little bug city. And you yep. can have location, you can have webs on yourself. And so all of those represent your understanding of those things, understanding of other players, understanding of locations, and then introspection, understanding of yourself, which is also your mental health. Do you mark that on your player board? So let me talk, yeah. let's talk a little bit about the, um, sure. the, the game itself. And for people who are actually watching, I'm going to share my screen so they can see um, your page, but it starts off your, your campaign comes with um, uh, a map, right? It comes with basically, basically the story, the instruction booklet, and then your, your map, right? Yeah. I believe you're looking over to the updates, I think. Yeah, so I'm in the updates right now. Yes, you if you want go to see the, the pretty colorful map. <laughs> yeah, I love the pretty colorful map. It's awesome. Um, so the main page, uh, mm -hmm. there's obviously some some pretty amazing artists that you have that've been part of this. Can you talk a little bit about kind of the game itself, right? So um, with it, you've got your player boards, I guess, which come as like a digital file, so you can print these off. Yeah. And on and, the back side of that, it'll have all of the different moves that your characters can do, also for a handy guide. Oh, very good. And then on these. Um, and the examples that we're showing for people listening is on the Kickstarter page, you can see what some of the play testers have done where they've mm -hmm. taken, filled out their board, and then they've actually drawn pictures of kind of what their created bug looks like. But you can actually create your own bug, right? Yes. And you don't have to even make bugs that are, that exist in real life. You can have bugs that are totally fictional, like a bug that has um, wings, but also a snail shell. Okay. Um, I, I can't think of one like that, but you can make it. So you can hide. Our, our system for creating characters is all based on features. So you can choose, you can basically mix and match your features of whatever make your bug stand out. If they have wings, bioluminescence, uh, like a poisonous body or mandibles, claws, spinnerets, there's so many. I'm still even making more actually. <laughs> That's crazy. And the reason I wanted to show that one of the colored map is when just the level of detail in this map is is pretty incredible where you can hone in on any part of that map and kind of continue the story on that little part, right? That's how that's going to work. Yes. Mel is actually very excited. Um, and Mel has been so happy to make uh, little stories hidden everywhere throughout the map. Cause it's, it's a giant, giant file. That's going to be um, really pretty on a very big poster. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, they, they, they told me as they're working on it and you can catch their streams where they do the art for it. it's amazing. They said, oh, they're, uh, they're making a Where's Waldo map of the insect world. So they're going to add a, an insect Waldo somewhere in there, trying to have people find them. But um, yes, the little scenes they make with all the bugs that they've added have been absolutely super cute and wonderful. And so how did you get together with this entomologist to begin with? So um, how did that come about? Escher Cattle is a really nice friend of mine. Um, yeah, wonderful entomologist and also a professional artist professional in both. I mean, mm. they do uh, bug illustrations too and bug comics. They're very um, into educating people about, you know, how wonderful bugs are and how we need to work and help to preserve bugs, you know. Um, so this was a big, making a game where people could really appreciate um, bugs and not be scared of them. Like I think people are normally you know, worried about creepy crawlies, but me and Escher really wanted to have some game like this where uh, people could really um, try and, you know, not just uh, appreciate bugs, but also take the role of one and not have that feel weird or unusual. 
And so the way I met Escher is because Escher used to work on a visual novel called Bugs and Kisses, okay. which is a very cute visual novel. Um, and I was such a big fan of it. Unfortunately, that project didn't come to fruition. I hope it still does one day. Um, I would recommend everyone play the demo because the demo is very cute. Um, and I was a big supporter of that. So I met Esther through that and we were friends through that way. And then when I came up with this idea, they were of course, one of the first artists I want to have on board for us, especially because of their bug knowledge is extraordinary. They are able to look at a person for just a few seconds and say, this is your bug Sona. They will assign, they will easily assign you like, you feel like this type of bug to me. And it's always correct. An amazing skill. That's crazy. Also then, an endless wealth of bug knowledge. And did you have any of this knowledge yourself? Uh, like, was it a huge learning curve for you on, on the bug side just to kind of learn about the bugs or did you have kind of a base knowledge going in? I had a base knowledge of like, a, as a person who's interested in animals, um, but <laughs> I'm definitely more on the human, human anatomy side, but you don't need to be an entomologist to appreciate, you know, how cute bugs are and like, oh, a spinneret makes webs. No, the claws are for, for you know, grabbing things or the wings let them fly. Those are all very simple things. And in that way, the, the features that the bugs have can work towards simple and complicated mechanisms for how they help you in the game. And so I see there, uh, in terms of the artists on your page, yeah, you have Mel, you have Escher, you've got, is it Sky or Ski? Ski, yeah. Ski, Hebe, and Danny. So who are who are these other, um, are they all participating or how, I, how is I, that I, I, So I can go over each one. So Mel yeah. is also a really great friend of mine. I've known, there from, known them for a long time. I've done a few other TRPGs that I've released just on itch. So just digitally. Um, and you can find those on US Duct Tape at itch.io. And those, I had Mel do help me do illustrations for those. They'd also help me, help me done illustrations for other projects in the past. Uh, they're a wonder, wonderful illustrator. They're from Argentina. Um, so it's very nice to have a, a friend with a different perspective on the world. And also they have such a wide variety of styles that when I knew we were going to do something so colorful uh, with a lot of different types of bugs, I immediately wanted Mel because their um, breadth of styles would be so helpful to this project. And it has been. And as it turns out, they can also do wonderful map illustrations, which they never tried landscapes before, but here they go and they're great at it. <laughs> And then with, um, the, with the others, like how does this all come together then with the different artists? Is there- So I, I really yeah. wanted all of our artists to have different styles. And I think that that really comes across even just with the little artist profiles you can you can see on the page. Like Ski and Hebe have very unique styles. Uh, also my friend Danny, and especially Hebe has uh, a very extraordinary like car sort of cartoony, simplistic, but very deep style, I think. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was just important to me to have lots of uh, artists who had different styles so we could capture the the different types of bugs and then and was there any issues at all kind of when you have different artists obviously you're gonna have different styles having those styles kind of seamlessly integrate with each other or there were a little bit of issues at first a little bit of growing pains and like yeah. people designing of like okay no we don't really want to have the bugs look like this or no not really like this but i think right now we're on a very good track with we have a very focused um sort of design principles when it comes to making the new bugs. But then also we, we know when to break the rules too. Um, like you can see some of the designs, I think some of the ones that Ski did sort of broke a few of our own rules, but then okay. we looked at them and we were like, yeah, but these are so cool that we got to let it go. So that's kind of rule cool working there. So what are some of the rules that they broke? Uh, 
we want to have the the clothing that the bugs wear sort of come from natural materials yeah and be you know something that they could realistically make within a you know a world where they have minimal technology or at least just the scraps of of human technology and whatever stuff they can find there um so ski had a bit more uh, complicated clothing for them okay. but it makes for a cool design so i say go for it and then how do these different so you have the main map are all these characters integrated into the main map or is this more is it also into like the the book or how does that artwork split across the different components of your campaign so what i want to do with all the illustrations for the bugs at least is two things first of all all the bugs you see on the kickstarter those are all characters who do appear in the initial adventure that will is included with the book and that's a, a small like starter adventure that can be used for a storyteller to get the players hooked into the game or it can just be used for a standalone thing and that's a, like a little one shot you play in, in two to three hours with a group of people and that's it but you could also have a longer campaign where after that then there's more mysteries that get involved and then the players continue to to delve into those so all the characters here you see um, are also used in that adventure but what I want to do is that each illustration we have um, explores a different aspect of what the bugs in the cute aquarium are like, and it explores like the different locations and then how uh, their society works. That's cool. So you have the so whole each, history. Each one also has a little well. flavor text behind it too. Yeah. Yeah. I got Tony in the lobby saying, are you live streaming this game anywhere before the end of the campaign? We do. We will be having a live play and that's, being done with, um, I think, one page RPG. Um, let me see if I can get that information. They just do you have a post Twitch channel as well, or I do not have a Twitch channel. Mel has a Twitch channel where they do streaming of them drawing the map, and it is wonderful work. I definitely recommend everyone follow Mel at Mel, um, Mel Spontaneous at Twitch. I'll uh, give you the link for that later. Yeah. Um, so we'll do this at the end um, sure. when when we're when they're done the interview in the the notes of this actual file. If you can put links to each of these for people, so people like Tony can go and find it yes. easily, it'll be easier for people to find the different links and so forth. Um, but that's uh, that's pretty cool. So people can actually watch you guys do a playthrough. That's yeah. Uh, and so actually, so I'm sorry on the information for that. That's plus one exp, and they're doing it this Saturday. This Saturday, yep. perfect. So lots of time. We got ten days before the campaign's done. So lots of time to see how it uh, how it plays out before. Yes, uh, and we have a lot of really closes. we have a lot of really cool stretch goals. I think we're we're almost guaranteed to hit this next one, which is going to have the double-sided map. So it'll be a second side, which has more of the locations beyond the, the bug mm -hmm. city, um, some of the more dangerous locations. And then we have additional stretch goals for, I could create um, a GM-less version of the game so that you could play it without having a storyteller or just players, or you could play it solo. And then um, lots of random RNG tables you can need. And we also have a stretch goal for getting a new soundtrack for the game. We have a, um, a SoundCloud artist who's helping us to develop a soundtrack and they put a very amazing um, sample you can hear on the Kickstarter page. Yeah, that sounds uh, that sounds pretty cool having that kind of ambiance, right? So when you're playing, yeah. you kind of, it feels like you're kind of, helps you just get into it, right? Into the personally, Yeah, personally for me, whenever I'm writing for a game or GMing, I really like to have a soundtrack going for yeah. my players and also for my own purposes. So I thought a soundtrack would be nice. People want to have something like that. Now I have Dave in the lobby. He was asking, uh, number one, he's pretty excited about the campaign uh, and he's going to check it out afterwards. One thing he was asking, is it a good family game? 
It's good for people that are not familiar with RPGs, I guess, is kind of the second part of that. One of the very next stretch goals I have was going to also include a lighter-hearted plotline for um, more younger players Um, because some of the the things that the the adventure that comes with it explores a bit more um, emotional and and darker aspects of uh, what bugs could do to each other, Mm. right? Um, Like kill each other. Definitely, um, and that's a th- that's a thing that happens. But I I do want to have a sample adventure that comes with the game that can be more suited for introducing younger players into bugs because that's what's another thing again so important to me and Escher is having people from a very young age understand that bugs are not you know things you have to be constantly afraid of and scared of. They're uh, just another type of animal, um, and they live just a very extraordinary lives. Yeah, it still blows me away when I, and I won't name names, but I know the people who are listening know who they are, um, that just absolutely freak out if there's a spider in the room. Like the spider could be on the other side of the room and they, you know, they're going bananas because there's a spider in the room. I like to actually leave spiders. If I see a spider in a room uh, casting a web, as long as it's not too obvious for people uh, seeing it, I usually just let it be because they're going to clean up some of the uh, less friendly bugs that you want around, so... Bugs can be our friends, definitely. Yeah. And also we try and we do try and keep things very simple with the, the whole system overall. Yeah. Um, using the smallest dice possible. You know, everything or most things in the game use a D4. And the character sheet is uh very easy to navigate. You can just um write in and fill in the boxes. It doesn't need any rolling. You can make characters and I've had players make them in as fast as like five minutes, just scribbling oh, wow. down a little drawing. The ones that you can see on the Kickstarter were obviously very nice drawings, but some are just been little stick figures of bugs. Stick bugs. There you go. <laughs> we did have a stick bug character and they were wonderful. So when you create all these stretch targets for your campaign, have, they, have you mapped out all your stretch targets already? Or is it that you guys are have already succeeded more than you thought you would? So now you're having to kind of come up with some stretch targets. Uh, in no, addition to um, you we had, have. Or? Yeah, we, we have stretch targets. So we hit our first one, which was to double uh, the number of bug illustrations we had in the game. So now we're going to have a, it's going to be a very colorful art book. And then, so our next stretch goal is more illustrations and the double-sided map, which we're right about to reach, just less than 50 bucks away from that. And then the stretch goal after that is for, like I said, those, the GM tools. So more adventures that come with the game, a lighter, harder plot line for kids, um, random encounter tables, GMless play so you can play it on your own and then the stretch goal after that we just uh, found out is the soundtrack and we have we even have more ideas after that um you know we're always very confident and hopeful so we have people who are waiting that could maybe translate the game into spanish and japanese we'd have a a read-through done of the rule book by voice actors so that people um, who have trouble with text could listen to an audible version oh that'd be cool and we even had some very silly ideas about making like 2.5d bug animations for some reason, <laughs> those would probably be far, far off. Um, most of all, I want a lot of money to go to our artists because they're the game would be impossible to make without them, and they just do wonderful work. So, sure, they're a big and, part of this. And then, where where's the game being made? Like, where are you having the materials made, like the maps and so forth? So, we're doing our fulfillment um, done with uh, Indie Press Revolution. Um, they've been very helpful in reaching out to us. And I mean, I reached out to them originally to manage this fulfillment. So they'll print and, and do fulfillment for you then? Is that how they do not do the printing? No, okay. the printing will be done in Portland or I think uh, Washington. We have a um, a self self printing plan. Nice. Or self publishing. Yeah. 
So it'll be made in America, essentially. Yes, yes. And um, we do plan on having it made on PCW recycled paper. And also one thing to note is that our books are smaller than most. Mm -hmm. And that is also, you know, um, I think some of these are cheaper than a lot of other soft cover books you'd get for RPGs. We want to make things really affordable. And also the books will be about the size of like a field notebook because yep. it mirrors a field notebook that you'd have to write down little notes about books um, and probably uh, bound on a little um, metal roll like that. Are you using any kind of uh, pledge manager on the back end at all or? We have backer kit uh, sort of waiting in the wings. Yeah, we've organized some stuff with them. Nice. They still have some things to get back to me on though. But yeah. And can you explain to people the different uh, pledge levels you have and kind of what you get with different sure. pledge levels, right? Because that it kind of varies by how people sure. are pledging, right? Yeah, we try to keep our pledges pretty simple. Um, so the first level, we have the $10 pledge, which is just the PDF, Humble Grub. I, I put a little silly bug names on all of these, but they, <laughs> I they love don't it. mean anything. <laughs> Thanks. And then uh, this one I was very happy with, Early Worm. Uh, and these are all taken up. Um, and so that was just for a slightly cheaper version of the PDF and the soft cover, which is now $18. And with that, you get the PDF and soft cover of the book. And then for uh, a little bit more, you get the PDF soft cover and then also the foldable map, which hopefully will now be double-sided. And you can also add additional maps on that too, if you want an extra copy, one to hang and then one to play with. And then you also get digital versions of these as well, right? So if people, because yes, I know so, some people do RPG actually like to project uh, yeah, onto the screen, right? Mm -hmm. When you get the PDF version, it'll also come with uh, a full resolution of the map that we might need to um, break it up into different pages because it's mm -hmm. a large image. Um, and then uh, we have a retailer version for if you need, uh, want to have multiple books to, to sell as a retailer. And then we also have the, the top tier um, or highest tier is Devoted Nymph where we will make a personalized character sheet for you and have our artists do custom bug art that will appear in the book. And also oh, your, credit, cool. your credits in the book. So we have a few people with that and we're already organizing um, what type of bug illustrations they're going to have appear in the book. That's it's awesome. Very fun. Yeah. What's some advice you'd have for other people that are looking to do their first campaign? I'm sure, you know, there's lots of trials and tribulations that you go through uh, on your first campaign. What are some of the things you encountered that you would maybe suggest other people should keep an eye out for? Yes, I was initially skeptical about um, consultants and marketing because uh, <laughs> they're just like some um, some instincts I have with not trusting that sort of stuff. Sure. But I was very glad that I did. And I'm very glad that I reached out to April and um, to Heather O'Neill, I believe, from Ninth Level Games, mm. who was a big help in being a consultant for our game and helped me redo a lot of the initial designs. Like I had many things constructed with budgeting out the artwork, but I truly didn't have any idea about how to format the Kickstarter page in a way that was really um, pleasing to backers mm. and to how to uh, think about shipping costs and further further goals in that. So having a consultant from a established uh, company that produced TRPGs before and has done many Kickstarters was absolutely invaluable and it was very good to have her. So I definitely say to anyone who's starting out and thinking about doing Kickstarter that um, you really can't go at it alone. You need at least one other person who's with you all the way that has done this before. And that's really handy. And even I would say that I'm not that person, even if I've done only one. You want someone with experience and it's, it's helpful.
That's great advice. And yeah. with the competition in this, uh, in this industry, I would say that there is lots of people out there that, uh, would be more than happy to, to offer advice. I've it's, done campaigns it's very, before. it's yeah. very cooperative, especially I've, I thought I was kind of working on my own. And then I found a lot of discords and Facebook communities where it's just TRPG developers talking yeah. with each other, um, working with each other to, to share the info they have in the games they're building and then get feedback, uh, which is amazingly helpful for organizing playtesting groups mm -hmm. when you want people who are more than just your friends who will say, Oh, this is great. Um, so that's, uh, wonderful to get in contact with those people, anyone really who's in that sort of scene. And where, where do you go from here? Is there going to be another, are you going to build this universe out further or are you doing a different type of game next or kind of what's next on, on the docket for you guys? We'll see. We want to have the game be as big as it can be, um, even though it's going to be small and about small things. <laughs> yeah. uh, but hopefully, yeah, we'll keep getting um, more press is always wonderful. And uh, we'll um, create a lot of extra copies so it'll be available through the Indie Press Revolution website for people who can buy it after the Kickstarter is finished too. Um, though I don't know if those maps will be available forever so definitely pick one of those up. Um, and then after this, I have other plans I want to do for maybe running another Kickstarter. What I really want to do is focus on this first and making it the best it can be and building a really nice community of people who love bugs and enjoy our game. Would that other Kickstarter be an expansion, perhaps, or would it be a completely different idea you have? It would maybe be an expansion, um, if that seems like that's really, really desirable. Um, I do have ideas about, and uh, other people have approached me with ideas about cities that could be little bug cities beyond the Cuticorium. So it's yeah. not just the only one. And that could maybe lend to having a very sprawling campaign that includes a lot of adventure through the world um, for the little bugs. Um but if, if not an expansion, I have some interesting ideas. I want to sort of apply uh, a lot of the medical knowledge I've been receiving into a TRPG and make a game that's about uh, being a rural physician. Oh, that could be cool. Yes. Wow. That'd be really interesting. Well, uh, Doc, congratulations hey, on this Thank campaign. You. You've, you've done fantastic. Congratulations to the artists involved, your entomologist. Uh, you guys have put together something really cool here that I think a Thank lot of people Thank you so much for having really me on too. No problem. All the best to you and your family and have a happy new year. You take yeah, care. Happy new year's for you too. Cheers. Thank you. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply join the Facebook group Board Game Binge and you'll get access to live interviews giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.